0: going on, family? TGIF. Thank God it's Friday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction. I'm your man, Gerard Bonner. I hope you are doing well. I know, right? I know. It's been a minute, and I apologize for that, but I appreciate how patient and kind you guys are. Now, granted, we didn't leave you content-less, so make sure you're following us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We've got some great content that we have been dropping on there, some cool interviews with superstars like Caprice Coleman of AEW and Ring of Honor. We're showing you some behind the scenes of Battle Slam. We're giving you some commentary on some other major events happening in the world of pro wrestling. So whenever you're not getting anything here, Always look to our social space for great content and feel free to chime in on those conversations as well. Again, you can find that at The Faction Show. I don't take your support for granted. It really does mean the world. If you're brand new and you've caught us from several different spaces, whether that was Wrestle Extra, WWT Live or Southern Honor, Battle Slam, what have you. Thank you so much for rocking with us and welcome. This podcast is all about pro wrestling. We have some pretty intelligent and fun conversation over in these parts, and I hope that you guys will certainly enjoy that. If you are a regular member of the Faction Nation, thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing. Thank you for reaching out and corresponding and giving us your feedback. It means the world. So I'm actually going to start the show in a bit of a different way. I've got a ton that I want to talk about on this show today but I wanna start with asking you questions, and that is this, what kind of content and how regularly would you like that content from us here at The Faction? I ask that because obviously schedules are getting a bit crazier and the like, Ideally, I'd like to bring you something at least once a week, but I also do supplement that, of course, with videos and the like. So what kind of content would you like to see? Would you like to see more of this style of podcast? I got some great feedback from one of our listeners who likes for us to incorporate things like history facts and that type of thing also had some interesting content come in and some ideas as well about possibly doing some watch alongs and other things so let me know what kind of content you'd like to hear and see from us and we'll make sure we work through the ways that we can get that to you so let us know on our social spaces at the faction show you can dm us you can let us know in one of the posts either way it's super easy to get a hold of us but we would like to know So today we're going to go through some things that are happening in AEW as it's been a pretty big week for AEW and we will preview the upcoming pay-per-view Forbidden Door. We'll talk about some things connected to that. We'll also get you connected with what's going on in WWE and the massive night that NXT had Tuesday night. We'll get into all of that. But first we will start, of course, with just a little bit of info about what happened last weekend. Juneteenth weekend for Battle Slam. Now I was a part of Battle Slam where we had a really historic moment. We spent three days as part of the Juneteenth Atlanta Parade and Music Festival which actually happened in downtown Atlanta. So the first night we filmed for Fight TV and we were located in the amphitheater of that historic venue. Now that venue, the Centennial Olympic Park, literally is where Olympic activities took place in 1996 when Atlanta hosted the Olympics. And in 1996, Atlanta was also known for an organization called WCW. Well, check this out. Where we were sitting, the background for the hard camera was the ever popular and famous Ferris wheel and skyline of Atlanta. Behind me, literally behind me, when we were doing commentary was the CNN building, the same building that housed the corporate offices of WCW. Needless to say, a historic spot, an incredible card, a great night. Thanks to all of the fans who joined us across those three days for Battle Slam at Centennial Olympic Park. Also, we were a part of the actual parade, the Juneteenth Parade that went through downtown Atlanta. That was on Saturday. And so if you check out our socials we've got footage from both of those days and both of those occurrences it was really something fantastic to see a fun fun time getting to do commentary with my good brother caprice coleman from aew and ring of honor a friend of the show as well so we had a great time together some great matches some surprises as well so i'm trying to leave the surprises for you to check out once this thing hits Fight TV. But shout out to Battle Slam and all the folks involved. What a fantastic time that was. Now then, let's talk about AEW. AEW has had quite a bit going on, including the debut of its new show Collision. That was Saturday night. Again, some very interesting things going on with that. First and foremost, we can look at elton john saturdays are for fighting the new theme song for collision that was a big grab for aew if you saw the show you saw the set design is completely different it looked pretty massive it also saw the return of cm punk after being out for about 10 months with injury and you could argue suspension We also had a new commentary team, as the commentary team for Collision includes Kevin Kelly, who is the English voice for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Nigel McGuinness, who of course has spent some time doing commentary in Ring of Honor, NXT, NXT UK. Great combination. Jim Ross, also scheduled to be the third man in that. If you watched on the socials, you saw he took a pretty dangerous stumble. His eyes were black and blue. And so he was not shown on camera. He ended up doing commentary for the main event match. He did not sound like himself. And he went on and said on Twitter that he's going to take some time away to heal. So it looks like for right now, the commentary team will be Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness. I thought that it was an amazing first show. Incredible action book ended, of course, by CM Punk's return and promo. And then his appearance in the main event six-man tag match. We've got a new TNT champion in Luchasaurus, or is it Christian Cage? We'll probably find out this week on Collision. And some great matches happening on Collision for this week, leading into Forbidden Door, which takes place on Sunday. Collision pulled in 832,000 viewers on its opening night, which is pretty significant. So let me go back and I've got a video that's coming out about this, but I can probably talk more about it here and now. So I will. I have been telling you on various platforms, including this one, that ratings don't mean as much as they once did. And that is true. But in the process, I'm also able to kind of help us understand what ratings do mean. So they're not completely archaic and obsolete, but they do tell a story. And Here's a story that ratings will tell. Your ratings will tell you the story that says these are the people who felt like your content was so must see that they had to watch it live and they weren't willing to wait to watch it on demand. Now, that's important because in the world of wrestling, particularly with live wrestling, if something pops and hits, it's going to be all over the socials with the quickness. And if you're trying to watch it as it happens and you can't watch it live, then you have to kind of stay away from the socials. Obviously, social activity is extremely important for all of these wrestling companies as well because they understand the consumer habits and how we consume content these days. Not a lot of people necessarily feel the drive to watch it live. So 832,000 watching Collision live on a Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern is a major win. Just consider that and consider that against the backdrop of Rampage the night before, which aired Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, a really solid presentation of Rampage drew in about 432,000 viewers. So it was almost double the amount of viewers that tuned into Collision. With that said, I clearly understand that everybody shows up for opening day, right? So if you look back at the opening figures for SmackDown when it hit Fox, it was close to 4 million. If you look at the opening numbers for Dynamite and Rampage, they were all big numbers, But then the ultimate question becomes, okay, so what will happen as we kind of settle into a groove? We really honestly won't know that for a couple of weeks, and here's why. This week's episode of Collision is happening in Toronto in the same arena that Forbidden Door will be in the next night. So a go-home show with people who are coming for the pay-per-view probably won't be the best indicator of what Collision will do. We'll want to pay attention to next week and the weeks following as they move to different venues. So that's one thing. Two, if Collision can continue to bring us marquee and incredible matches. For instance, they announced that on Collision tomorrow night will be Swerve Strickland against Hiroshi Tanahashi but they announced it very casually. I'm like, this is a dream match that's happening and it's just kind of thrown out there, right? So Collision has potential to be a very special show. They're going to have to deliver and make it destination television because if you want us to watch on a Saturday night and remember that it's on demand, then you've gotta give us something of great significance. I wanna know, and I'm asking questions already, Number one, did you watch Collision? Number two, will you be watching tomorrow night? And number three, what do you think Collision has to do to continue to be destination TV for AEW? With that said, we've got Forbidden Door happening this weekend. The joint production between AEW and New Japan. I want to quickly run through that card, talk about some matches that we'll really want to pay attention to it's a full card and as we knew for sure AEW would add on to that particular card this past Wednesday on Dynamite as they did and so here's what we know we know that we're going to have a six-man tag match which will feature Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara taking on Sting, Darby Allen, and a mystery partner which we will find out on Collision. Konosuke Takeshita, Shota Umino, and the Blackpool Combat Club will take on Eddie Kingston, Tomohoro Ishii, and the Elite in a 10 man tag, which of course is a tradition of New Japan. Tony Storm, the AEW women's world champion, will defend against the New Japan strong women's champion, and that being Willow Nightingale. And part of me wonders now would that slot from Willow Nightingale been filled by Mercedes Monet? as she was, for many, believed to be the scheduled winner for the New Japan Strong Women's Championship. Anyway, should be a great match. The AEW International Championship will be up for grabs as Orange Cassidy defends against Daniel Garcia, Zack Sabre Jr., and Katsuyori Shibata. Sabre Jr. is the New Japan Television Champion. Shibata is the Ring of Honor Pure Champion. We'll see the first round on the men's side of the Owen Hart Cup as CM Punk takes on Satoshi Kojima. I'll share my thoughts on that in a second. MJF will defend the AEW World Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Sonata had an open challenge for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. It was answered by Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Kenny Omega takes on Will Ospreay in defense of the IWGP US Championship. And in the main event, and I believe rightfully so, Kazuchika Okada battles Brian Danielson. I do think this is a stacked card for Forbidden Door. No doubt about it. I will say that I'm not sure that, again, it's even in terms of how many New Japan titles are on the line. Though the U.S. title and the World Championship are up for grabs compared to AEW that has the World Championship, the International Championship, and the Women's Championship up for grabs. So three to two that's not so bad, I guess. And of course, the two being marquee championships for New Japan. So I'm down with that. I definitely feel like New Japan carried the bulk of storytelling to make this pay-per-view come to life. I don't think AEW did a around that and what I mean by that is you know it wasn't AEW proactively going after New Japan stars with the exception of the main event Brian Danielson challenging Kazuchika Okada now I believe I mentioned this on our last show but if I didn't let me take some time to mention it here this pay-per-view is not I repeat is not for the casual fan, unless you as a casual fan are actually interested in learning about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Forbidden Door is completely marketed and presented for the hardcore wrestling fan who watches both New Japan and AEW and digs both products. So if you don't fall into that, no worries. With that said, this pay-per-view would be a great opportunity for you to learn about some of the New Japan stars and some of the AEW stars if you aren't watching either product. So I would suggest by all means, check out this pay-per-view. It is definitely going to be more wrestling than sports entertainment. If sports entertainment is your thing, again, this may not be the pay-per-view for you. However, if you are someone who loved NXT black and gold and you love strong style, then this is your kind of pay-per-view. You'll want to check it out. It's going down again this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check it out live on the Bleacher Report All right, so that's our conversation about AEW. There is probably more we should talk about, but I want to stop there and switch gears to head over to WWE because there are some very interesting developments happening in WWE, and we're going to get into that when we come back. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into the Fat I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. What are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But that I started to see a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would not read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a them and there's a you, there will always be the SHW. Southern Honor, I'm you, hold your court. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's right, the melt, the style, the grace, the shape, and the faith. Support Bonafide Radio, The Faction. Keep it on, baby. Welcome back family and there's lots to talk about on the WWE front. We are literally eight days away from money in the bank and things are very interesting in the space of WWE. Let's start by talking about the World Heavyweight Championship. Now I've done a video that you guys can check out, we released it yesterday, talking about the World Heavyweight Championship and one of the questions that I ask is this, is the World Heavyweight Championship and Seth Rollins becoming too common on WWE television? One of the reasons that I ask that is because he's already had two title defenses with a third that was supposed to happen that got impacted because of the open challenge. And then let's look at these title defenses. So so the first title defense was against Damian Priest from the Judgment Day. And then, and this perhaps is the shocker, a full title defense against the former two-time NXT champion, Braun Breaker, in NXT. So I suppose we could be asking questions about the World Heavyweight Championship. Will this be defended any and everywhere since it is already crossed brands? But here's one thing that's undeniable. Like it or not, This had a major boost on NXT's ratings. Now we talked about ratings again earlier in the show as ratings can really be viewed these days as one of these statements that says must see TV. I need to watch it live versus watching this on demand. And so with that said, pretty amazing to see that NXT pulled in about 775,000 viewers this week, which is up from its normal average around 600,000 viewers. So this is a big deal. Gold Rush was a significant moment. And you know what I look at when I see Main roster stars in NXT, like Seth Rollins defending the world championship, like Baron Corbin getting a shot at the NXT championship, like Dana Brooke as well. It's now got me asking, are we ready to once again consider NXT as a third brand? Well, apparently WWE CEO Nick Khan believes that indeed NXT can be a third brand a standalone brand. And remember, there was a lot of very intentional conversation about this circa 2018 and into 2019. Of course, 2019 was the historic year where at the Survivor Series, it was Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. Pretty impressive. Can we get back to that state after going through the 2.0 iteration of NXT, that is still to be determined. What I will say, and I will say this both respectfully and carefully, is it is the same Nick Khan who two years ago said that NXT is a developmental brand and ushered us into the 2.0 era. So there's a part of me that wonders, what is it that changed that all of a sudden makes NXT to you a standalone brand. Could it be who's running the show? Maybe, maybe not. Don't know, but I do think it's interesting. Nonetheless, I do believe that there's been great development that has been happening in NXT. The match caliber has been really second to none. It's been exciting to see. The real question to me for NXT to really be viewed as a viable third brand is I believe NXT will need some more appearances and signings from independent wrestlers. That's one of the things that made NXT black and gold a third brand. It was that you didn't just see some new talent being developed like a Bianca Belair, but you also saw talent that were free agents that made their way in to NXT, like Johnny Gargano, like Tommaso Champa, like the Undisputed Era. Right. All of these folks who were former world champions in their own right, making their way into NXT, evolving NXT from being this developmental brand to being a legit third brand. So I do want to ask you guys with Carmelo Hayes as the champion, with Wes Lee as the North American champion, with the Gallus boys as the tag champs and with Tiffany Stratton as the NXT women's champion. The question is, do you believe that NXT in its current form can be deemed a third brand alongside Raw or SmackDown? Start sharing your thoughts right now in the comments or on our social spaces. In the meantime, we can't deny the impact that having Seth Rollins on NXT had. We'll see how that translates to next week. One of the other interesting things that happened on NXT was the subtle soft and quiet appearance of Gable Steveson who shows up in a backstage vignette to offer his assistance to Eddie Thorpe to help Eddie prepare for a Raw underground match against Damon Kemp. So we all are aware, and in case you aren't, Gable Steveson is the natural brother of Damon Kemp. If you look at them, you can tell the resemblance. But what's also interesting about this is that Gable Steveson was the guy who was certainly paraded around WrestleMania last year. He was signed to WWE. He was even drafted last year to Monday Night Raw. But his name wasn't even mentioned in this year's draft. And to some degree, Steveson had kind of been forgotten about. It was certainly believed that Steveson would bypass NXT and start off on Monday Night Raw, but it looks like that may not be the case. Personally, I think it's a good idea to have him go through NXT and let him work his way through the ranks to be able to exactly see what it is that he can do and see if indeed he should be fast-tracked to Raw or SmackDown. We don't have any evidence that he should other than him winning an Olympic gold medal. Now, being an Olympic gold medalist does not automatically make one Kurt Angle. And so we'll certainly see what it is that indeed he has to offer. And we'll see over time with Gable Steveson. One of the other big developments happening this week were two additions to the Money in the Bank ladder matches that will take place next week in London. On the women's side, we saw a qualifying match, the final qualifying match between Raquel Rodriguez and Trish Stratus, where Rodriguez basically dominated the match in a way that I hadn't seen anyone dominate Trish Stratus in quite some time. Yet, thanks to Becky Lynch and her inability to keep her hands off of Trish Stratus, Trish Stratus, via disqualification, wins the match and finds her way into the Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, I think it's interesting to note that this is her first Money in the Bank ladder match ever, which, if you think about it, makes sense because the Money in the Bank ladder match, certainly in its inception back in 2005 was reserved for the men's division and did not make its way to the women's division for another 13 years or so. With that said, obviously Trish Stratus would not have been a part of that. So it's kind of cool to get to see her get the opportunity to have yet another first. It also makes the women's Money in the Bank ladder match extremely star-studded and extremely unpredictable. I can't tell who's going to walk out of there as the winner of Money in the Bank. With that said, on the other side of the equation, we saw another entry into the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, but this one came in a much different way. The entry into the Money in the Bank ladder match did not come from a qualifying match. Instead, it came from a proclamation and declaration. And that proclamation is this. That added to the Money in the Bank ladder match on the men's side is Logan Paul. And what did he do to qualify to be a part of Money in the Bank? He was Logan Paul. He asked. And so, yeah, that's caused a bit of controversy. But with that said, it's a very interesting field that features Damian Priest, Butch, Santos Escobar, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, and L.A. Knight. Could Logan Paul actually walk out of here as the Money in the Bank winner? That is a strange but realistic possibility. On the women's side, that ladder match looks like this. Trish Stratus, Zoe Stark, Becky Lynch, Zelina Vega... Bailey and Io Sky so that too gets very interesting on the women's side both of these matches are unpredictable which means we're going to have two great ladder matches to determine who could potentially be the most dangerous man and woman in the WWE before we go who can forget what happened on Smackdown last week as it seems as though the bloodline has really imploded Jey Uso in an incredible way, leaving the bloodline, taking his brother with him in another super kick heard round the world. So yeah, what happened there showed again the amazing reach of SmackDown as once again, SmackDown crosses the 2.4 million viewers space. Now that's significant because they've done that now, I believe at least six to eight times this calendar year already. They only did that one time between 2021 and 2022 that's pretty big it speaks to the amazing content on smackdown and again how it is can't miss television people don't want to wait until the socials they don't want to wait until the replay they don't want to wait until clips show up on the socials people want to see it live and in living color for these kinds of reasons. So shout out to the WWE, all of its great content, and again, a lot of great wrestling on the way. Remember, tonight you got AEW Rampage, tomorrow night, AEW Collision, Sunday night, It's Forbidden Door, all week long, we've got Raw, NXT, SmackDown, Impact, who, by the way, is holding their tapings this weekend in Atlanta. On top of that, AEW continuing to do big things. That leads us into next weekend, which is Money in the Bank weekend happening in London, which will include an episode of SmackDown the night before. That's June the 30th with Some major implications, including the first women's title defense for Asuka as she will defend against Charlotte Flair. Very interesting times. And tonight, we'll see the unification of the WWE and NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. All right, remember, let us know the kinds of content that you want to see. Shoot any ideas that you have to us, either via DM or in the comment section of the post connected to this podcast. And remember, stay connected to us by following us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the EP, the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name's Gerard Bonner. This is The Faction.